let's let's do this. Who would like to pray for us? Go for it. Father God, bless us all that are here. Bless all those that are below that are not with us today. And uh, bless always the boys you mentioned here for what they do for us. Um, bless the pastor for what his words are going to speak so we can open up our ears and our eyes and our heart and our minds to what the truth is. And it's you. And uh, just bless us all here for the future Thank you. All right, so I'm going to read all of Romans 6. This might be the longest I've, I've read for everyone, so uh, we're going to just have to jump in. Don't, I'm going. Man, I always feel so pressured in front of you. <laughs> all right, let me get this going. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have, <clears throat> for if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be, lost my place, in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any part of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness, but as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that if you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to that one, to, of that one you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But thank God that although you used to be slaves to sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching to which you were handed over. And having been set free from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. I am using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as 
you offered the parts of yourselves as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness. So now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which result in sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards of righteousness. So what fruit was produced then from the things you are now ashamed of? The outcome of those things is death. But now since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you, you have your fruit, which result in sanctification and the outcome of eternal life. And the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you read it out loud, it's a lot longer than you expect. Whew. My goodness. All right. So we're done. See you guys later. <laughs> right? Where were you reading? Because I couldn't find it in Romans. Romans 6. Romans 6 you were starting All right, guys. we got to start over. Hold on here. <laughs> so... In the very beginning of this chapter, right off the rip, we get hit with a question that many of us probably want to answer very differently than he does, right? What does he say? Should we continue to sin so that grace can be, be multiplied? If you guys didn't know what the answer was here, what would you say if I were to ask you that just out of the blue? Like, can you just keep doing all the sinful stuff you want to do? Like, what would you say? Well, I kind of agree it would be a contradiction if we say we're leaving that life and keep doing it. Okay. Just so we would, be, we would be the contradiction. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. I mean, I knew where he was going. What else do you mean than being virtuous still? And then um, like in the Bible it says you are you are a spirit, not, not what you are. It says that you, you have a spirit, yes. You're, the, you know, the spirit's what... <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's the truth, but it's something uh, if, if if I only go off of what the Bible says, says that we are, we are either one or the other, you know... <coughs> And if God does not necessarily, doesn't... What if it's for his See, that, but that would be a contradiction of God. Right. And God can't contradict himself. If he said there's only one of two, there's only two, he's not going to place the one inside the other just for fun. That would be a contradiction of himself. And he can't do that. That's a rule that God has placed on himself that he cannot break. God cannot sin. You know, so if he were to take something he made and be the one who made it that way, it would be sin against himself. Well, what do you, what do you explain? Like, people different. Well, I think people have a choice and that God... So that one I don't actually have an answer for. 
you know if i if i did i would tell you but you know that's just one of those things that it does happen and a lot of those things are because of the fall of man sin has brought in those things has brought in the impurities not to say that necessarily that it's impure but i think god still loves those people and they have to make a choice within themselves which direction they're going to follow well that's true he's god love but he's also justice holy and righteous right we've all talked about this in the past past few times that i've i've been up here we talked about how god is very loving yes but he's also just because that's what being holy and righteous is you know god created us right so he gets to decide what really does happen however he gave us choice so that we could choose what direction we're going to go in life it's just like with adam and eve they had a choice they knew they shouldn't eat the the fruit of the tree but they did anyway because they were deceived by the serpent however the deception wasn't them making the choice the choice was theirs alone. The serpent didn't make them choose the fruit. He deceived them into choosing the fruit. They still had to make that choice. You know, but when we talk about this, is that back, back in the time that this was written, people were thinking, oh, we can sin more and more and more and more because grace needs to be, needs to be come out more. But just because you come to Jesus doesn't mean that you can just live how you want. You have to endure in your faith. You have to live a righteous life. That's what gets described throughout this passage. Is that sin, if you're a follower of Christ, you're dead to it. Yeah, you're going to mess up here and there because you're still human. You haven't, you haven't stood before Jesus. You know, you're not, if you're still breathing, God's not done with you and you're still going to mess up. But that's what sanctification is all about. And that's what Paul mentions here, is that, that the fruit of sin is death. It's, it's death in this body, and it's eternal death in hell afterwards. You know, after you take your final breath on this planet, you don't get a second chance. This is the only chance you get to make your choice to follow Jesus or not whether you're going to give your life over to him and let his sanctifying work take over your life. This is the only chance we get to have the Spirit come indwell us and bring us out of our sin and the junk that we give ourselves over to. Right? We all give ourselves over to some amazing, horrible things that feel great, but in the end... Leave you empty. Amen. You know, and we want to live a fulfilling life. Right? What did Jesus say? He said, I come that they may have life and have life to the fullest. You know, but he also said that in this life, you will have struggles. You will suffer. There will be tribulation. It's not easy. Right? It's not easy to be a follower of Jesus. It's really hard to live a righteous life when sin is so fun. 
But Paul says here that we should not be giving ourselves over to it just so that we can receive more grace because that's not how that works. Grace is given freely through faith. Faith is not a work. So you don't work to get the gift of grace. Then it's not a gift. If you have to work for it, you can't call it a gift because then you earned it. And the Bible says we don't earn nor do we deserve the free gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus, who before the world was even formed chose to lay down his life for us. It's hard to think about that because it's like, well, then how do we have choice? Well, God still allows you to make the choice of following him. He allowed Adam and Eve. He allowed Noah, right? Noah had the choice to build the ark. He could have not. And then none of us would be here. At all. Had Noah disobeyed God and didn't build the ark, none of us would be here today. Because God would have just destroyed the earth and that would have been over. He wouldn't have had to worry about us anymore. I'm sure he could have, but the question is, why would he have wanted to? If he already knew that's what we were going to do. But he always had this plan of redemption in place. He knew that he wanted to save us. It's the joys of having a father that cares about us. Right? A lot of us, we have issues with our dads. But when you think of God as a father, he is the perfect father. He's the father who doesn't leave you, who doesn't forsake you. But he will discipline you because he loves you. We've all been there. We've followers of Christ. We know discipline from God is not fun. It's not easy. But we persevere through it because we know it's in love that he is disciplining us. It's not doing it out of anger, right? How many of us are dads and we've disciplined our kids out of anger? I know I have. I mean, my, my, my oldest is two, so I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm like, boy, I just want to punch you. But I don't do it because I love him. And as I move forward in life and because of the work that God's doing in me to teach me how to be a father because he is the ultimate perfect father that I get to be modeled after. None of that stuff is fun or easy right off the bat. Right? Becoming a dad for the first time, you don't realize how much work it's going to be until you're holding that little, that little baby going, oh crap, I have no clue what I'm doing. Difference is, God knows what he's doing. God is working on us by the power of the Spirit to bring us to himself through Jesus taking on the wrath that God meant for us when we didn't believe, when we didn't follow Jesus. And for those of us who don't follow right now, right now that's what you're facing. You're facing the wrath that's going to come. I don't want to sugarcoat the fact that it will come. I don't want to sugarcoat the fact that hell is real. 
These are real things. This is stuff that's really going to happen. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not real. But we sense it. We feel it. God says right here in His Word that we have eternity in our hearts. That we know God is there. We know that eternity is there. And we also know that He loves us. Yet so many of us want to turn our backs on Him and say, I don't need you because I got this figured out. I am my God. It's not how it works. There's one God, one God alone. Existing in three, three persons, but one God. Really hard to understand. But it's just, it's the way God designed things. Right? You walk out these doors and you see the snow on the mountains. You see how beautiful everything is. That's by design. This entire planet was designed with us in mind so that it would be inhabitable for human life. And all of creation points to God. Right? The creator of all things came down in the form of a human, lived a perfect, holy, righteous life, and then laid himself down on the cross so that we could be reconciled back to the Father, so that we could have our sins covered by his blood and his work. And now we can be raised up with him and be dead to sin, but alive in Christ. So the question is, would you rather walk around like the living dead? Or do you want to walk around empowered by the Holy Spirit because you gave your life to Jesus and you let Him do the work for you? Are you going to let Him bring the grace into your life? And then are you going to let the Spirit sanctify you and bring you to your knees, laying yourself down, turning away from those sins that hold you so tightly or that you're clinging on to, I think would be a better way to put it. Right? We're clinging. We're clinging to... to things of this world that are not meant for us. Right? It's like, you know, being in this place. You're happy it's here. And you're happy that there are people here that care about you and that want to help you move on from here. But this place was not meant for you to be here forever. just like with God. God did not design the world so that we could be stuck here forever, separated from Him. While God's in the world, there is this slight bit of separation, right? We sense it. There's something missing. We all know it. We all know something's missing. We try to fill it with those things, with that sin, with that relationship, you know? We want to fill something. When the true fulfillment 
is in Christ Jesus and Him alone. And through that power that we can have a part of because of Jesus and the spirit that comes within us, we can actually stand against the sins that we're clinging to. We can overcome. We can be something new. A new creation in Christ. Let me just end with this. And it's a quote that I wrote down. I forgot where I got it from. And uh, uh, like we've, we've said before, sin equals death, right? Okay. And the gift of God is eternal life. And it's freely given. We don't earn it. We can never earn it. But let me end with this. One master is sin, right? And think about this as like an employment type thing. So one master, sin, pays an earned wage of death. The other master, being God, pays an unearned grace resulting in in eternal life. Okay, if you're working for anything, you're working your way to death and separation. If you continue in sin, if you continue to have sin be your master, but if you have God as your master, now you are getting a grace that you did not earn, nor will you ever earn, and it becomes eternal life. That's what I want. I want I want grace. And by the grace of God, I've been given it freely because I placed my faith in Jesus and the finished work he did. What about you? Do you want to give your life to Jesus? Some of you in here have before. And whether it was real or not, I don't know. You know. God knows. And I'm sure he's already been working on you. And you've noticed something's different about you. And you like it. But at the same time, you're like, what is wrong with me? Well, he's revealing the true you. The you he wanted. The you he created. Do you want that? So, I mean, that's kind of it. You know, ending on that. Like, do you want Jesus? Some of you have him. But you're not walking with him right now. Are you ready to? Just like the prodigal son's father, he was waiting and looking for him and saw him afar off and ran to him. Jesus will do the same thing for you. Make the right decision. If your decision is to go to him, you've made the right one. Let the Spirit do his work once you've come to Jesus. Think. Think about what we talked about here tonight. Now, if you're ready to give yourself to Jesus, you know, do it. Do it. And then let me know. Hey, if you want to, you want to, hey, because like I've said before, there's no special prayer. But the last time we did it, we did, we did pray together. You know, 
And God knows your heart. So if you want to place your faith in Jesus, do it. He is ready and willing to shower the grace He paid for on you. Let's pray, guys. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the grace that you so graciously give us. Lord, I pray for anybody here who is wanting to give their lives to you, Lord, that they would do so right now. Lord, that they would open their heart to you. Lord, that they would join in your work and the finished work that you have already done through your death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, I thank you for just each and every person in here, Lord, for everyone that's heard this message. Lord, I pray that some seed would be planted of your goodness and of your grace and mercy. Lord, and even your discipline, because your discipline shows us your love. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, we pray for the food and the meal that we're about to have. Lord, that you would bless it to us. And Lord, uh, we just thank you in your name. Amen.